Welcome to another edition of the Vitology Podcast. Ryan, how Josh, are you doing? You know, it is the Tuesday after Easter. Yeah. I am upright. <laughs> I am grateful for the resurrection. Yes. And I am tired. Yes, I bet you <laughs> are. Tired. I bet you are. <laughs> but there was, uh, let's see, there were um, six sermons. Yeah. That you gave, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six sermons over a period of three days. Yep. And uh, and two two of them were different sermons completely. Correct. Right? Yes. Um, with a few moving parts of logistics and everything, right? Logistics, sun, wind, <laughs> darkness. Yeah. Um, all the above. <laughs> Let's see. Two of those sermons, um, well, no, three of the sermons were actually preached in direct sunlight. Basically. Yeah, that was interesting. That's yeah. a that was uh, <laughs> normally we have a canopy up and a yeah. little bit of shade, but because of the choir risers yeah. and all the musicians and line of sight issues, we couldn't do that. And so yeah. um we were in the direct sun. Yeah. In direct sun now. Okay, one of those you're at least in the direct sun with a like short sleeve shirt on. Yes. But then for two of the oh, of man. the Easter Sunday morning services. Oh. And you, was, you had to step up your game a bit, yes, right? I wore my jacket. You wore the jacket, like the you know. It, it I wore the blue jacket. Nice. Yeah, I, I said to you, you said <laughs> you're looking good, man. I'm like, I said this is my either my Easter outfit yeah, or yeah. this is my are any fraternities recruiting <laughs> outfit. So it sort of doubled as both, and um, so there you go. There you go. I yes, know. Well, yes. that's that's kind of like church wear in general, right? It's totally. Kinda, yeah, kind of clothes that you just don't wear out that much. Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, yeah, especially we're pretty casual we're pretty people, casual. so you know, California, I know, we're not uh, we're not rocking the suit often. No, no, but you did. I did in the sun. In the sun, yes. right? I mean yes. that that was commitment, right. ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that right there is uh, that 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 just shows that you really care about this. I I that it, it I, <laughs> your, I do I do clothing choice I do um now. I, Clearly, there's um, there's a reason why you care about this day, right? I, this is this, this is, yeah, you know, and I, I've heard some people, some pastors, sort of describe Easter as, oh, this is the Super Bowl of church services, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I, that's not really the way I view it, but as I was singing on Saturday and then Sunday and just reflecting on resurrection, um, I was just overwhelmed with what an honor it is mm -hmm. to proclaim what I believe is the greatest news that the world has ever received, uh, the greatest day uh, in history. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's just a deep, deep honor yeah. to proclaim resurrection. Yeah, absolutely. And it it was, it seemed, I mean, to me, and I, I assume so many people, it was all that more meaningful because we, we didn't really get to do that together last time. Right. I mean, it was proclaimed, the message, the message went out the yep. way that messages do these days um and especially those yeah, days yeah. Um, but we didn't get together not last together. year La not last year and so yeah we were all online last mm -hmm. year with at, i think almost every other church in our area yeah, i can remember yeah. um last year we were so disappointed that we were under these restrictions during Easter. And mm -hmm. we said, Hey, we're going to celebrate Easter when we come back together. I remember thinking, that. Oh, well, we're just going to be taking yeah. this little minor two weeks Few to weeks. flatten the curve. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll be back and we'll celebrate Easter when we're back. Yeah. You know, in a, in a month, maybe, maybe if we're, you know, really so, pushing things anyway. And here we are here a year are. later, here we are a year later. And, Oh, that, 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 those few weeks, two months or whatever that is 
is actually looking a little bit closer yeah, these days. I mean, you know, we've got a lot of things, the county and all that stuff and all sorts of things going on to, you know, we're just, we're praying. Um, but here we are a year later, kind of saying the same thing. Yeah. And yet there seems to be a little bit of light. There, oh, there is. The tunnel, we we went right? into orange tier today. Did we really? Yes. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, you hear, heard it here first. No, you probably heard it. I did not. We are orange tier. Orange tier. No Praise way. God. Yeah. That's amazing. So, very wow. Good. Yeah. Oh, that's that's great that's news. Exciting. That really is. So that that has all sorts of implications of which we don't know a thing yet. I'm sure there's people pouring over those documents right now. Yeah. Um, that's uh, some of our team. Oh, my goodness. They do a great For job. us, it means we'll be meeting inside as soon as our worship center is done. And that's going to be pretty quick. So that's awesome. That is awesome. Yep. Well, uh, it, as always, we love it when you uh, when you interact with us. Okay, if you're if you're joining us on uh, Facebook or on YouTube, uh, we would love it if you say hi in the comments. Um, we can see that by the wonders of technology. Uh, we can actually interact with you and respond and say hello. If you are finding us on the podcast feed, we are so glad you found us, and we're so glad that we can be a part of uh, this part of your day, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. You can't interact, unfortunately. That just that just you know you just, that technology. But you can send there. stuff in for next time. But you can, yeah, you can indeed. In fact, uh, questions at efcc.org. That's an email address. Remember those? Yeah, people use those sometimes. Um, and you can send questions, comments snide remarks any of the above any of the above and we would love to interact with you as well and so uh, connie says hi and and liz says hi i think both of them are uh that's our colorado contingency so. isn't it yeah. right and nicole and nicole we've got yeah you know we are a uh a multi-state we are effort here yes we really are and uh and so so great is uh nicole where's nicole coming from colorado colorado also wow okay shout out to colorado colorado yep. is just taking over the feed right now love it and so uh, all right california let's step up your game <laughs> um we want to see you look at that i think someone did i think deanna there we go deanna did yes. way to go and uh she's glad to hear some orange good news yes orange you glad to hear oh, something yeah. there it just, is there it, it is it let's came, close in know. prayer <laughs> <laughs> all right all right well hey we have actually some real things to talk about and uh and not enough time to talk about them okay is that's typically how it goes though, it is. right yeah. we, we have a lot of fun uh, we man we we have a ton of fun and we're gonna kind of hit it hit it some of these things uh once again always as always we're we're processing here this is a space for that this is a time to ask questions um and we're gonna we're gonna do the best we can to, to provide answers um but these are not like pre-prepared answers. This is not like preaching a sermon. When when we do that, it's very well thought out, and we do our best to, to kind of present everything in a very logical way. Here, we're just spitballing. Right? Yeah, yeah, we are. Is that the phrase? It's, yeah, question, huh? question, response. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Exactly. So um, so we kind of uh, touched on Easter, um, and and I want to know, um, wh why, is it, why is Easter such a big deal? That is a great question. And the reason is because Jesus rose from the dead. Yeah. <laughs> well, there no, you go. So, so the early church pointed back to that event as the foundational event for the church. Yes. That without Easter, there's no church. Without Easter, there's no Christianity. Without mm -hmm. Easter, there's no hope. I mean, that this was the center point of the early church. So mm -hmm. that the implications of this are huge, that the early church wasn't pointing to the Bible and mm. saying, well, we believe in Jesus because of the Bible. 
Hmm. Now, we would point to the scriptures and say the scriptures are foundational for our understanding of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. But the early church was pointing back to an event. They're hmm. going, no, this happened. Like we saw him die. Yeah. We touched his scars after he rose. Oh, and by the way, he's walked through walls, but he also ate fish, yes. right? And um, and so it validated everything that Jesus had said. Yeah. So much so that these early 11 apostles, disciples of Jesus, who scattered uh, on the very night he was betrayed. Yeah. Once he rose from the dead, the spirit of God lived inside of them that every single one of them except John died for their conviction yeah. about what had happened at yeah. the resurrection. And John didn't get off exactly no, easy. No, he didn't. Tradition holds that he was, um, that they poured boiling oil on him yeah, in order to try to kill him with oil. He didn't die. They exiled him on Patmos, yep. which is where he received the revelation, uh, the, uh, which was the book the of Revelation. Book of revelation. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And so um, he suffered gravely because of his Absolutely. conviction about who Jesus was. So that that what for them they're going this changes everything oh yeah and i think so one of the terms that we referenced in um the sermon this weekend was first fruits yeah and so that's from first corinthians chapter 15 verse 20 but i think i'm going to do a whole sermon on this next year next mm -hmm. easter because the feast of first fruits was when the israelite people would take um like a sheaf of wheat and they would wave it up. It was like the mm -hmm. first one of the season, right? Yeah, yeah. And they would wave it up to God and say, thank you. It was their way of saying, thank you for being faithful. You've provided one and we know, we trust that you're going to provide more. Yeah. So, the, so catch cool. this, you guys, this is, this is like mind blowing. <laughs> the day that Jesus walks out of the grave, there are likely people who have a sheaf of wheat in their hand who are waving it no as an offering to God saying, you've provided one, you're going to provide more. And he walks out of the grave on first fruits and basically saying, you've provided one hmm. in resurrection. You will, whoopsies, you <laughs> will provide more. That oh. is awesome. That is so cool. And we are the, the, the we are the, the, more. the more, right? That is it. So oh, they're going, he's, the, he's the prototype. He's huh. the first fruits. And it was this declaration that God is making all things new. Oh, that is so cool. And so he starts with Jesus, but it's his down payment and deposit saying, I will be faithful to do this in all the areas that I have claimed I will. Yeah. And luckily for us, he claims that he will even make our this very creation new. That is so cool. So we've often said uh, in the past, and then I'll shut up, but I, I've <laughs> often said in the up. past that the scriptures say in Revelation 21, verse 5, they, they say that Jesus is making all things new, not I'm making all new things. Yes. And there's a big so, difference there. So yes. that He brings about renewal and restoration of not only our bodies, mm -hmm. but of this creation. And I, I think brings it to the telos or the culmination of all that it was always designed to be. Yes. Yes. And so just like he was made new, right? That it was like, it was still him, but then again, it was like, wait a minute, there's yes. something different about this. And he, he had these upgrades, right? You know, he totally- Big time upgrades. <laughs> some serious upgrades, but it was like, you know, but then they, sometimes they didn't really recognize him. Yeah. And then sometimes they did, and he still had the scars. I mean, so many cool things about that. Yeah, and, he has the scars. Yeah. He cooks a barbecue. <laughs> he eats 
said barbecue, yeah. but he also teleports and walks through walls. Exactly. I'm going, listen, and if fly. I get to eat barbecue <laughs> and I get to teleport, yeah. sign me up. Right. right? Sign I know. I'm in. Up. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. And I love, I love that uh, this, this, you reminded me as talking about the, uh, uh, the, the, those, those disciples that saw all this and walked with it. I saw a quote to, uh, just the other day. Um, it must've probably been on Easter. Um, and, and I love this. This was from, uh, Chuck Colson, Chuck Colson. Okay? Oh, this is, this, this is, is so a good. great quote. Yeah, I know yes. you heard this probably. So, um, yes. so, so Charles Colson, Chuck Colson, she says this, I know the resurrection is a fact and Watergate proves it. <laughs> but Watergate proves it to me. Right. Um, now Watergate, right. The scandal, you know, all this, right. Um, how he says because 12 men testified that they had seen jesus raised from the dead they then they proclaimed that truth for 40 years never once denying it everyone was beaten tortured stoned and put in prison they would not have endured that if it weren't true he says watergate he says on the other hand um embroiled 12 of the most powerful men in the world and they couldn't keep a lie for three weeks. <laughs> he says, I love how he goes, you're telling me the apostles could keep alive for 40 years? Absolutely impossible. 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 I love it. So, yeah. so his point is that it, 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 something had to happen there. Yeah. And, and it's not just that, that it's not just that these guys were just so great at remembering that detail, but that's what you, you mentioned that they were filled with the spirit, with God himself yeah. uh, empowered these guys. And, and actually, that, that's where we get to go for the next couple of weeks, mm -hmm. talking about oh, that can't thing, wait, right? Oh, I know. Yeah. Uh, so I think too, Josh, you know, as I've interacted with different people, that that's, as I think about resurrection and the way the early church talked about it, I think that's the beginning point for evangelism. I really do. I think that there's mm. all sorts of things we can read in the scriptures that, um, I mean, we struggle with, right? Mm, like yeah. some of the things I read in the old Testament, I mean, I'm, we're both reading through the Bible yes. in a year and some of yes. the judges I'm going, wow. And I, you know, read first Samuel 15 and wow, there's, or, or yeah, just Absolutely. some really challenging things. But the foundation point of my faith is the resurrection. Mm. I mean, I keep going back to that. If Jesus walked out of the grave, then mm. I, I, I'm, I'm convinced that he is mm. who he says he is. And, I read scripture through that lens, but I also like, I don't, I don't find myself needing to defend mm. the Bible, but I yeah. do find myself pointing back to the resurrection and going that happened. And that changes everything. It does. Um, it does. I mean, I think of, you know, people have asked like, why believe in a resurrection? And what, you know, what are the main reasons that I believe? Um, and I'd be interested, you know, okay. as you yeah. thought about this too, yeah. but one of the main reasons I believe is because Jesus's own brother, believed uh, that he was God. Oh, and that's a good, yeah. Like I have a brother. <laughs> and I don't know what I would need to do to convince him that I were God, right? Um because he knows me mm. so well, right? He yes. knows that oh, I'm yes. not, right? Yes. But but for James to become a follower of Jesus, I like that. That, I that, like that. is amazing. There there's something <laughs> there, right? Even to where he would die. For his conviction absolutely. about that. Absolutely is. That's a great point. That's a really good point. I mean, I think too of like some of the extra biblical sources that cite this event yeah. and they try, they wrestle with it, right? They're not, they're not all saying, well, he was resurrected, but they do say, well, we can't find a body. Yes. We have no body. Yes. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway. And, and, and I love, I love that the, uh, that some of the, the first, some of the first kind of arguments that they, uh, that they said against it, like, oh, they, they stole the, they stole the body. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, was, is some of the same things that they're, people are still saying today. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, uh, and then what is it? Gamaliel or what was it? No, no, that's the, it says, who's it? It says, uh, um, you know, if, if it, if it's not of God, it won't become a big deal. Oh yeah. That's right. It's Gamaliel, yeah. Right. Yeah. It is right. Yeah. yeah. It's not going to become a big deal. So, so let's just, you know, let's just let it go because clearly, and what he's getting at is that there's been prophets before, right. Mm-hmm. And they've all kind of gone their way and done their thing. And so it was great wisdom, actually. It was. And it he, was. Followed, he followed it up with, and if it is, you can't stop it. <laughs> so, exactly. And here we are talking about it. And yeah. so the odd thing is he was right. Right. <laughs> he was very right. And uh, I, I just love that. Yeah. Love that. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, okay. So um, but this also, this is a big week for the church. Um, you know, it's often called Holy Week. And there's all sorts of uh, ways different traditions practice this. But one of the ones that that uh, everyone that I know of practices and and makes a big deal out of Good Friday mm-hmm. also, which I, I've always thought that it was weird that it was called Good yeah. Friday because uh, mm-hmm. um, it, it didn't seem like it was all that good for Jesus right. on that day. Right. right? No, no. I, I mean, uh, definitively not. And yet we still call it good. And I, I think... It, Mostly because it's good for us Friday, Good right? for us. Good for us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it was a, a great thing for us. Yeah. Um, I, I loved your message on Good Friday. Oh. I thought that was... Thanks, man. That, I mean, they're both they're both great. And there's, you know, the the new life and, and seeing people, you know, people came and, and trusted Jesus at <laughs> at Easter. And yeah. it was, it, it was God. great. Praise God. Um, but the, you know, the, the theological side. Uh, the a bit more nerdy side of me, like, you know, I love the, I love what you did at Good Friday. I felt like what you, you were in a sense, that's that, that day is a little bit more of the church comes mm-hmm. to that. And so you were able to really teach about this idea yeah. to the church. Yeah. And so that, whereas, you know, you're preaching on Easter, but you're, you're teaching a yes. little bit more. Yeah. I like that. I There's like so it. many angles that you can address this at because we have so much rich context mm-hmm. uh, throughout the ages. Um, so this year, what I decided to do uh, for Good Friday was talk about the Day of Atonement, mm-hmm. which is from Leviticus chapter 16, Leviticus chapter 23. And it was one of the feast days for the nation, one of the seven feast days for the nation of mm-hmm. Israel. Mm-hmm. And um, so uh, I, I won't go into the whole message here, but it was a nerdy message in the sense of like, it was theologically fairly nuanced. Yeah. Um, but I talked about uh, the high priest and his role, yeah. the sin offering goat and the role that the blood of the sin offering goat played. Mm-hmm. And then also the goat of the Azazel, Azazel. So the scapegoat, if you will. Yeah. And the priest's role is to represent the people yeah. before God. The sin offering, the goat of the sin, blood of the sin offering is to clean the space so that the people can commune with God in clean space. And then the goat of the Azazel is to carry away the sin of the community. And so my argument was that what's going on on the cross is actually Jesus bringing these three images together Mm. and he is accomplishing for us what the high priest did 
in interceding and representing us before God, not by a goat's blood, but by his own blood, and not just standing before God, but standing in our place before God, yeah. that he's accomplishing what the sin offering, go to the sin offering uh, did, which is creating clean space. Yes. And that word um, propitiation or yeah. expiation, uh, I think the RSV uses, and sacrifice of atonement, atonement which is NIV. what the NIV yeah. uses. Yeah. But that word is in the Greek is the word hilasterion, yes. and it literally means mercy seat. And it's the very same place that the priest would have offered the blood of the sin offering. Yeah. So that when you read propitiation in the New Testament, go back to, which is in Romans chapter um, three, it's in first John chapter uh, four, it's in a number of uh, maybe two other places. Sometimes it's propitiation, sometimes it's expiation. But go back to mm -hmm. Leviticus chapter 16, verses 15 to 16, and you will see the context for what that blo the blood of Jesus is doing mm -hmm. for us. That's the, that's the picture. That's the snapshot. Yeah. And then Jesus carries our sin away. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away yeah. the sin of the world, the Azazel. Exactly. I just love so, that. And I love that. And I love that you brought out this, this idea that, that, that uh, I, well, let me put it this way. We often... We often talk about it as if it was the death that um, that that mattered in those days. That, you know, um, there was sin, and so we kind of had this idea that you know that something needs to die, right? Right. And and while I mean, yeah, there was a death that took place. There's no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of blood. And this is one of the things that's kind of weird in reading through the, uh, especially through the Old Testament, and and you know, Leviticus especially has lots of blood. In Leviticus, a lot of blood uh, and lots of sacrifices and things like that. But the blood is not necessarily about death. In right? fact, uh, I don't know that it's at all about it, death. Uh, yeah. In in the Jewish mind. Yeah. And I would just point you to Leviticus chapter seventeen, verse eleven. And I know that this is for us. This is a very very strange concept. Yes. But for the Jewish people, they very clearly would say life is in the blood. Yeah. And so it would be about the cleansing of space, which is why, which mm -hmm. is why uh, the animal had to be perfect because mm -hmm. the life had to be perfect yes. in order to clean imperfect space yes. that had been stained with death. And I would even say the residue of death because huh. the goat, the sin offering go wasn't just cleansing people from sin they were it was cleansing people from the residue of death mm. so things mm. like touching a dead body yeah. or yeah. things like Unclean. um a, um a woman who was in her time of the month yeah. or you know things that were signifying the fact that our bodies don't work perfectly the way mm -hmm. that jesus mm. or god had designed them to work originally mm. right so um that is the picture of what's happening there not mm -hmm. just that sin is being covered, but that death and all the residue thereof is being covered. Yeah. And so that, that, that removes some of that element of punishment. Cause that's how, that's how it's often been taught is that like, it's that, that the death of the animal is somehow a punishment that, that, you know, we deserve, that right. we deserve that death and it's put on the, the, the animal somehow does it. But instead it's much more, the value is actually in the life of the of the yeah. animal. And I would actually say that it's 
the goat that takes the punishment is the scapegoat. Yes, that's right. So, this and is, ironically, the scapegoat isn't the goat that dies. It's the only one. The scapegoat is the goat that is cast out of the presence of God yeah. and out of the presence of the community. And so I, I think what I would say is, yes, there is a punishment that we see in the Day of Atonement um, and it's it's not paid for by the sin off by the blood of the sin offering. It's actually born in the body mm, mm. of the Azazel. And and what you mean by that? It, there, that's the that's the place where the substitute kind of thing comes in, right? Yes. Where where sin. I mean, that's that's the only place, right? Where sin is placed on another. Correct in a sense, right? Um, that's the only image that we have where uh, where it's placed on an animal. Okay, because that that had a whole idea. That our sin is somehow, you know, placed imputed. On, imputed to an animal. Sure, um, that doesn't happen in the sacrifices. The no, only the, time that happens is in the Azazel. In the, the, Azazel. the sins of the community are are figuratively prayed into the Azazel, hmm. and then the Azazel carries them away. Yeah. Which so here's what I would say um, for those who you know are listening who maybe don't know Jesus. We mm -hmm. we talked about Absolutely. this on Good Friday, and we said. Uh, essentially, either Jesus, as our Azazel, carries our sin away mm. out, out of the presence of God, exiled, yes, right? So yes. he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Or or we are carried away by our sin. Yeah. And so that the picture of Jesus taking the penalty of sin on himself as our Azazel, our scapegoat, mm -hmm. bearing in his body our sin and carrying it away mm. is such a powerful, yeah, beautiful so picture. That is so good. I just, I just love that. Yeah. Anyway, I think, I think. So yeah, a little is... bit nerdy, but if any of our listeners who are live um, have questions about that, oh my goodness, I would love to, we would love to interact more about that because I think that um, it's really, really not only important, but just beautiful, the picture, the nuanced picture that's being placed. And then Josh, okay, so even we could, if we wanted to, which we don't have time, but we could, <laughs> we could bring not only these three images at the Day of Atonement together on the cross, oh, yeah. but we could also uh, bring Passover. Yes, because he <laughs> could have died on the Day of Atonement and then, Correct. It, then it would have been like really highlighting that imagery, okay? Yeah. It's clearly there. Right. Well, and I think my argument in the sermon was Matthew's or, or multiple gospels, but uh, the depiction of the temple curtain being mm. torn is a for me hook line singer. Oh, this is about Day of Atonement. It's distinctly also, atonement. I like that. Even yeah, though it's happening yeah. on Passover, but Passover had little to nothing to do with the Holy of Holies. Yeah. Now, yeah. So, but that that line, that image to me pulls this also oh, into yeah, the yeah. Day of Atonement, where I go, oh yeah. There's oh. there, there are layers going on. Oh, here. they're drawing on all sorts of different imagery, and yeah. then that's that's really what goes on uh, throughout the pages of scripture. That you're getting you're getting this uh, this idea kind of looked at in a bunch of different ways, and then yeah. Jesus takes them oh. and, and embodies them all. But at the same time, that that imagery of atonement, and especially that idea of a substitute, yeah. is kind of the way that it's the way that that many of us grew up thinking about the cross mm -hmm. and, and, and it's, I mean, that's there for no doubt. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. you explained it. Um, but that's in, in some circles, that's the only way it's talked about. Mm -hmm. And we don't go into all of, all of the, the rest of those images. Well, and I don't think we do the hard work to nuance out what we mean by that. Right. Mm. Which is why 
I was so excited about this message to try to nuance out what do we mean by that when Mm -hmm. we say Mm -hmm. that Jesus is our substitute and what images do we have from the Old Testament that apply to give us language and pictures to of what that really means. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so I'd argue, yeah, high priest, sin offering, Azazel, Passover. These are the images that we're given, yeah. but it helps to understand the images. Yeah, absolutely does. Absolutely does. So I, yeah, if, uh, I, I believe we can find that, that message, uh, will be on our YouTube page. It, you can probably find it on Facebook as well. Um, or on our website, efcc.org under sermons. If you and, want to read it, I posted on my website. But. There you go. Ryanpaulson.com. Net. 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 Not com. Not com. Don't go to com. I lost com. Did you? I was on vacation and it ran and it out. it ran out. And, uh, somebody bought it. And what did they do with it? <laughs> Nothing? I don't know. I don't know. Darn it. I, I hate that. I hate that. That's uh, the worst. Um, okay. Well, um, we did get a, a few other questions that I want to bring up. Okay. Um, sounds good. Um, I want to say hi to Johnny Cordoza. He's he's writing in the the chat here. He hasn't got to meet you yet. He, he's been um, been sick in a nursing home. Oh my goodness! Um, oh, and uh, and so um, Johnny, um, we've been praying for you for a long time, and uh, and we still will be. And so uh, we appreciate that you're here with us. Right yes, now. absolutely. Um, so. Um, you know, I told in the, the title of this, <laughs> this, uh, this video, if you're watching in the podcast as well, uh, is uh, Easter. We're going to talk about Easter, which we did. Um, Easter guns and glory. <laughs> yes. And, and uh, um, not to say that those three are all necessarily re- related. In fact, um, I probably could have gone Easter glory and guns because um, maybe we should talk about the glory first since it's a little bit more related. Well. We can see maybe that we maybe they're see. more related than uh, you know, maybe, maybe not. We'll find out. Yeah, maybe we will. Okay, well, you know what? Forget it. I said guns and glory. And actually, that's how the it was last time we did this. Um, actually, it was uh, almost two weeks ago. Uh, some questions came up towards the end and we didn't get to them, so we teased some questions. And so that's where these come from. Um, the first one was uh, w- w- came through Instagram. Thank you, everybody who is following us and and uh, posting on Instagram. Um, and and it was simply this. And Ryan, I was asking you to, to, to talk a little bit about America's obsession, and especially, no, it wasn't just America, American Christians' obsession with guns. Yeah. Okay, now, um, this is definitely a, a quick, like, right turn, left turn, I don't know, change of topic here a bit. Um, and, uh, and yet... We've also been through a number of shootings. In fact, I still... Was in, it was in light of that. It was in light of that. Um, the, there were two in that one week. Um, there's been a couple others since yeah. then. Yeah. Um, you know, they don't get quite as much news because not as many people died. But I did just hear, a, you know, one other person died just a couple days ago um, because of a shooting. There were 50 shots somewhere else. I mean, it's just... Yeah. It's it's a bit crazy. And now, not to say th- those people shooting, I, I don't... We're not saying those were American Christians necessarily. I don't know. But mm-hmm. same time, um, there's a perception, right? Um, yeah. It is, you know, maybe more than perception. Um, but there's a there's a lot of uh, gun-toting Christians out there that, uh, as this person that asked this, seems like they could be obsessed. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I do think it's important to recognize that we have a context. Everybody does. Mm, right. Mm -hmm. I can remember um, my wife and I were watching this uh, British crime show one time. Mm. I, I forget exactly which one it was called. It might have been Broadland, something Broadchurch, Broadchurch, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was so interesting to me that the police didn't have guns. They were going around with these billy clubs. And I'm like, like wait, they need a gun, yeah, right? Like, yeah, how are you going to enforce yeah. the law without a gun? And it was this aha moment for me. Like, oh my goodness, this is this is a contextual thing, huh. and um, that it's not the same everywhere in the world. Now, I'm not saying it's better or worse. I'm just saying that we there is an air that we breathe yeah. here that is just a part of our life being um, uh, Americans. So why why the tie? between mm. or the seeming the, the seeming tie between being a follower of jesus and oftentimes uh loving guns mm -hmm. and I, I would say the tie is the constitution right mm. so mm. people would, would point back to the constitution and go well we have the right to bear arms which we very clearly do mm -hmm. and um and we can go back and figure out why that law was in there not only to protect ourselves from the government at times but also to be part of a militia if the government should need it and so i think both of those things were going on but it's also that document that gives us as followers of jesus and other religions the right to assemble yeah. the right of freedom of speech uh religious assembly and so mm -hmm. Our guiding documents, which include the right to bear arms, also give us mm. the right to meet and to gather and to have the freedom of religion that was so foundational for this country. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I, I think for a lot of people, it's hard to not hard or not necessary to nuance out mm. which parts of that document are see, yeah. are either good or bad. But the whole thing is good because of the fact that we have freedom. To practice our faith yeah yeah that makes sense yeah I like so i that. don't i don't know i've i've thought about that a lot though because yeah. um i mean some people would make just as strong a case for jesus being a pacifist oh, right absolutely. and so absolutely. i think that's where the question you you have to wrestle with the question and go yeah that is interesting yeah. like how do we how do we mesh this and align this with the teachings of jesus which i think yeah. is always a good question and worth the hard work to really try to wrestle with yeah what would jesus do if he were us in our situation today yeah absolutely absolutely I, that's a that's a good way to look at it i think it's a very uh um uh, that's a very positive way to look at it as well you know because i mean I, I do um I, I remember this came to to my attention uh once um i, I was um <laughs> in my role at the time i was overseeing a group uh, at, at our church that 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 dives into politics a little bit more and yeah. bless them. I love these people. They are good people. They love the Lord. And one of the documents that they had me look at was one that um, was trying to, to be a, um, a, take a biblical perspective on issues. Mm -hmm. And it had all sorts of issues. Okay. And, and uh, you know, most of these issues I was all for um, abortion, a biblical perspective on abortion, things like that. And um, I, I, you know, free speech and things and, and religious freedom, and religion, you know, yeah, th those kind yeah. of things, you know, yes. And amen. Those are biblical issues that we need to deal with. But on the same document, it had second amendment mm -hmm. gun rights. And I just remember thinking now one of these is not like the others, right? Um, one of these, um, you just, it, it would have a very hard time finding biblical support 
Right. So, and that's what the the whole thing was biblical uh, Christian support, and and yeah. you just you just couldn't find that kind of support for for guns. Yeah, I mean at that level. Yeah, you couldn't point to it in the scriptures and go, "Well, yes. see." Um, I, you know, Josh, I think, and this this is probably a whole nother can of worms, right? Mm. So, people that would would want to point to the Bible to to give justification for wars mm -hmm. or for that type of violence would point to the Old Testament and say, "Well, see, God did this," and 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 that was justification for a lot of the Crusades, and and sure. so we can sure. go look throughout history to see the way that people have utilized scripture in order to point back to it. But yes, I would, yes. I would tend to agree with you that, man, I, I would struggle to find that in there. Um, that's not to say that I would necessarily be against it. Mm. It's just that I would not no, no. try to be for it using the Bible. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, and exactly. I think that's what, as followers of Jesus, I think we should just be upfront and honest about that. Yeah. You yeah. know, well, actually, no, like we're pointing back to the Constitution and we believe that the Constitution is the best guiding documentation to ever give help give birth to a nation. Right. Sure. Um, yeah, maybe absolutely. other than the Ten Commandments, if we want to go there. I but, guess it did. Kind um, of give birth OK, so yeah. like, it, it is. And yeah. we want to defend it. And so that's a part of it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I do think it's probably wise, though, as time continues to move forward and weaponry changes and capability of weaponry changes, that we need to take a fresh look mm. at the types of laws that we have in place to prevent people from who want to do harm with those weapons to getting them if we can, right? So oh, Absolutely, absolutely. And that being said, I also am really grateful that yeah. we have a security team Oh, at our church, our church that for sure is for sure. armed and um and i feel really safe when i'm mm -hmm. preaching mm -hmm. i don't even think twice about it because mm -hmm. i know that we have people here that um are trained and ready to respond if a situation does happen yeah so because yeah tough things happen in fact um i remember this is similar to your experience of watching this show but uh, uh i remember being in china and uh, and talking with some of the Chinese believers there um, who just, oh, my goodness, that's a whole nother topic. But they just love the Lord. It is a powerful experience to be there and experience it. But but one of them in just this not really thinking about it comment um, just started asking me about how dangerous it is there here, here, here mm -hmm. in America and how scared his parents were because he was going to come to America. The irony, right? The he like irony. grows up in the underground church, oh my right? Goodness, yes. <laughs> now, okay. Now, to be to be fair, um, um, I, I've been I've been there a number of times, and I've never felt safer in a place, even just walking around, than just walking around. And I used to like go running all over Beijing, like, huh. um, and and in the middle of a big city. I wouldn't wow. feel that safe in, in yeah. San Diego or LA um, running around a big city, which is interesting. Um, there's a sense of safety there. Hmm. And yet their perspective on America is that this is a dangerous place where guns are all over the place. It's like the wild, wild west here. <laughs> yeah. um, so so I, I think that goes back to my original point about yeah, context, right? Like yep, yep. We, we have a context. It's, it's not a right or wrong context. It's just one that's worth naming to recognize that it influences the way that we see our faith yeah. and it influences the way we see the world. Absolutely does. Absolutely does. I love it. Okay. So now we're going to make another left turn now. Hey, pivot. Pivot. We're good at pivoting now. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> we're getting better anyway. <laughs> we're getting yeah, good. Do you ever want to be good at, anyway? Maybe. Um, maybe, maybe, but um, okay. So the glory, 
these are all just man guns and glory i just liked how that worked but uh but from easter to guns to glory now even glory yes. maybe this is a little um it it sounded better alliteration <laughs> alliteration happening here i love me some um, alliteration so bring it on the, the real question has to do with uh, a, a concept called that the, in theological biblical circles we talk about is eternal security. Mm. Okay, so mm -hmm. now let me let me read. This is a question that came up last time on Facebook, and so uh, Katie, Katie Benke, if you're out there, um, this is this is your question, and I'm going to read it word for word. I have a question. <laughs> uh, what does the Bible say about? And she uses in quotes carnal. Uh, Christians, okay. Now, and that phrase we talked about a little bit last last time. Um, it's the idea is that uh, it's a Christian who uh, may have said a prayer, uh, you know, claimed to have trusted Jesus at least, um, and maybe they really did, but then they're they're walking away from their yeah. faith. They're not living for Jesus. Um, they look like um, carnal. They look like everyone else, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so she says, uh, "Are they secure in Christ forever?" even if they don't bear fruit, okay? Another kind of biblical concept of, um, of, we'll just say doing anything, right? Showing anything, um, producing anything in their lives. Um, um, or, uh, let's see, so she says, are they secure in Christ forever, even if they don't bear fruit or don't persevere in their faith um, slash walk? Um, AKA, she just says, once saved, always saved, question mark. <laughs> okay. That's a, there's a, I, I would say that there are a lot of questions <laughs> yes. in there and yes, I'll do are. my best. I'm going to start with the last one. Yeah, yeah. And if we, we can if talk we about there. that and sort of work our way. This is probably three podcasts. It could be, it could be. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. It could be. For, first of all, I guess uh, we can start at the very beginning. She's, yeah. She mentioned um, Christians that either don't bear fruit, remind me, Josh. Yeah, or, carnal Christians or, carnal. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So carnal Christians are all over the New Testament, but uh -huh. we just should probably acknowledge yeah. that. I mean, 1 Corinthians, um, I mean, I think of things going on oh. in the Corinthian church where you go, you go wow. Yeah. The, and in so many ways, they're, they're trying to figure out the way of Jesus. And this is in the incipient stages of the church. But yeah, the Paul's expectation and hope is that the church is moving toward maturity or maturing, but he's often frustrated that they're not. Mm -hmm. He's going, gosh, I wish that you were on solid foods, but you're on milk. Yep. And we just keep going back to the same stuff. You guys come on. And, you know, even things like we have one guy sleeping with his mother-in-law and another Christian suing other Christians. Yep. And we've got like, so carnal Christianity is nothing new. Mm. Um, and, and it's, it's always been a part of the church. Mm -hmm. So, um, to her last question, once saved, always saved. This yeah. is, um, uh, in theological terms, this is a debate called perseverance of the saints. Mm -hmm. So in, uh, Calvin's acrostic, actually it's, it's Beza's acrostic yeah. of tulip. Uh, this is the P. So mm -hmm. pers P, perseverance, perseverance of the saints. Yeah. And Calvin really developed a system of theology where one point is based on the other. And it very clearly mm -hmm. leads to P, which is if, if you're saved, you're saved, um, but not only by God's grace alone, but by his activity alone, his He's drawing, doing, his yes, wooing, yes. he gave you the faith in order to respond. Therefore, the most logical conclusion is if, if he gave it to you in the first place, there's nothing you can do to lose it. Yes. Right. So yes. all of these are and that's a very 
elementary explanation, but uh, really my point is perseverance of the saints is in many ways a systematic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that I I would, and I would agree with perseverance of the saints um, in the sense that if somebody is truly and genuinely saved, I think they're going to continue to walk with Jesus imperfectly. Yes. So that I want to make, be very clear about that, that there will be seasons of ups and downs. They may be long seasons of mm-hmm. downs. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I think of what John said um, in first John chapter two, I think this is maybe my favorite verse on this, Josh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but John writing to the churches says about people that had left the church or had, um, turned their back on these early followers of Jesus. Mm -hmm. He said, they went out from us, but they were not of us. Mm. If they had been of us, they would have continued with us. Mm. So his, that's his conclusion is if they were really of us, they would have continued. Yeah. And, um, I, so that would be my conviction. Um, but I will say this, this is one that I hold pretty open-handedly in the sense that we have what we call problem passages, Hebrews chapter 6, Hebrews chapter 10, mm-hmm. and then they're coupled with this passage in 1 John and Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 that says, he who began a good work mm-hmm. will be faithful and you will be faithful to complete it to the day of Christ Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 1 that we looked at this week says, it, it, God himself is guarding us, mm. but he's guarding us through faith, Peter says. Yeah. And so there's this nuanced sort of both and by faith, we are guarded by yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really like that. And, and one of the issues, I think, that um, to be very clear, um, we, don't, we don't have firsthand knowledge of somebody's, uh, somebody else's decision for Christ necessarily. So no that, the, you said an if in the beginning there. Yep. And this is a, a hugely important if. And that is if somebody truly is saved. Now that's one of those things that um, I, I I fully believe that that you and I um, as individuals we can have full assurance of our own salvation, mm-hmm. but it's very different in someone else's, yeah. right? You know, um, I can have confidence in someone else's, right? Yep. Um, and I because I it, some of that has to do with some of these things she's talking about of the fruit. Uh, of their lives that Jesus even says, you will know them by your fruit. You'll be able to see who they are. And so we can be, you know, we can be confident Mm -hmm. in someone else's, but we just can't know for sure. And we've all experienced this where somebody who it seems like they really, man, they have, seems like they they really were following after Jesus. Sometimes they're even in ministry. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they give their life to this. And then all of a sudden, for unexplained reasons at times or something crazy happens and they just take a nosedive. Yeah. And, and so this is where I I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. And, and so it could be one of those valleys, right. Mm -hmm, Where that eventually they'll, they'll like the prodigal, right. They'll come, they'll come home, they'll come back. Um, or maybe not. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. And I do think that this is one where we have to be fairly open-handed because we don't see, uh, we don't see this diagnosis happening a lot yeah. in the scriptures and in the sense of like the church telling somebody you're in, you're out. We do mm-hmm. hear Jesus saying those who think they're in um, might not be. And those yeah. who don't think they are might be. And, you know, you go, wow, that, okay. That's, there's a, it's a little bit foggy when it comes to that. But um, 
I, I think the our goal is to walk faithfully with Jesus. That's yeah. the we believe that that's the pathway to life. We believe that that's the pathway to to fullness and abundance. And so it's not just about what awaits in salvation as we think of it and what happens after death, but the path of life and joy right now today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a uh, uh, there's a passage that is often used to um, to defend the opposite view. Yeah. Okay. That you can lose your salvation. Yeah. And um, Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. Hebrews, Hebrews 10. 6 would also be one, but yeah, Hebrews yeah, 10 is now a good this one. one I, I love this one because actually this is where, I, this is one of my favorites because I think it takes the that passage that is usually used to argue at the opposite point and can turn it on its head. All right, give it to So us. here's, yeah. uh, it says this, that um, I mean, this is, you know, right after the, the passage, um, um, you know, not, let us not consider how we stir one another towards love and good deeds, not neglecting meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. We've kind of heard that verse a lot uh, over these uh, over these few months, year, um, because it's so important. But then he says, um, if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, he says there is no longer there. There no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. Now, that's a mm-hmm. that's a strong statement now. Yeah. And this is where um, one of these. Um, one of these rules that we, we can't read a verse. In fact, there's some people who will say it that way, never read a verse. Never read a verse. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I like that. And the idea is that, that verses were not made that way, right? You've got to read the context yeah. and everything. And so the, the verse goes on to say, but, okay, in other words, um, there will be no sacrifice for sin, but a fearful expectation of judgment. Now, here's the thing. Um, he says there's no sacrifice, but there's an expectation for something else. Now, mm-hmm. that expectation, I think, frames what he's getting at. Ah. And, and so if, if there's an expectation for, uh, for judgment, that's really what, what is, that's the, he's talking about the, the, the internal experience of sin. Mm. And, and, and without doubt, this is something I have experienced. Okay. Um, I meant when I was in, in high school, there was a time after I had trusted Christ where I actually intentionally went out and tried to live apart from, from God. Okay. Now, and, and it was, it was uh, some of my worst times, but I remember a real sense of dread and a sense of like, like, this is not good for me. Yeah. At that moment, I did not have an expectation of anything, of any hope for the future. And that was, I think, directly because of the way I was living. That's interesting. Yeah. Not now, I would say that 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 if I had died at that moment, that I, I do think and I do believe that because of the commitment I had made earlier, um, because what Jesus had done for me, not because of anything I'd done, all that, um, that that I would have gone to heaven. Yeah. I would have been saved. But the experience that I had was one of an expectation of judgment. Hmm. That's a that's an interesting way of reading that, Josh. Yeah, I I I, I think you're right. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, that that that's part of where um, we have to we have to look at and 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 this is what I, I tell people all the time. If if I'm dealing with that situation, because we deal with it sometimes in funerals, where somebody you know somebody made a decision, followed Jesus a, a long time ago, and they were living away from him at the time. You yeah. know, so many times this has happened. It, it does happen a lot. And, you know, um, 
it's hard because um, I look at their life and I think, man, there's not a whole lot of expectation of the opposite. Because, right, if somebody is living for Jesus, man, it is a great gift to give your family. Yes. To be able to say, wow, we expect to see him again because of the way they were living and mm-hmm. the fruit that they were giving, right? But, but at the same time, I don't necessarily expect mm. uh, the other, right? I can't be sure. And so um, I, oftentimes, oftentimes I will err on the side of grace yeah. and the side of hope. Yeah. Um, and so there you go. Yeah. I think that the side of the side of hope, but also the call to people to say, oh, man, there's more, there's more to this life. Yes. And um, it, it's interesting, Josh, because even in verse 30 uh, of that passage, it says the Lord will judge his people, his people. Yes. Um, yes right. The, the people that so, he claims exactly. as his own. Exactly. Right. And so anyway, I thought that yep. was, that's an interesting um uh, oh yeah. Nuance oh, that's a whole nother. Yeah. That's a whole nother few podcasts about yeah. judgment and <laughs> judging his people. But, um, you guys, um, thank you so much. Somebody's asking, when are we going to have a, uh, an EFCC systematic theology class? Um, that, that is a great idea. That is a great idea. It's a great idea. I, should do that, Josh. I know. I know. Well, yeah. you know, we kind of, kind of maybe working on that. And so stay tuned. Um, we'll tell you more. Um, there's a bunch of people saying hi in the notes. Thank you so much for dropping in and saying hello. I do think though that we've got to, we've got to get going. Yeah. There, there is one more question. Here, oh, is there, I just did I miss one? Uh, from Irene. Oh, look at that. Irene says, I meant to ask this last time, but I didn't get to ask it. Ryan, why is your view of the authority of Scripture considered controversial, like you said in the last podcast? I don't remember why I said it was controversial, um, other than to say that uh, my my view of uh, that Jesus is the utmost authority, right? So the Scriptures give Jesus authority. They don't take it for themselves. So I I think that some people that would want to wrestle with that a little bit, um, but I, I think based on the scriptures that that wouldn't be um, too controversial. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't I say don't it's, exactly it's remember what terribly said. controversial in the realm of like, it's not, it's not toying with um, heresy. <laughs> if that's um, that kind of no, controversy no. Um, it's yeah. I think it's nuancing a little bit of why there is authority in the scripture. Correct. And the authority yes. in the scripture is because the scripture points to, the real authority. Jesus. <laughs> the only says, thing that the Bible says has authority. Right. Which, yeah, is, which Jesus. is Jesus. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Exactly. Yeah, yes. Yes. Said. Yep. So that, yeah. that would be why. There you go. There you go. Well, um, I know you've got a you've got another game to get but to. It's funny because last time I came from coaching <laughs> from a, a game. baseball game. <laughs> now I'm going to coach a baseball game. Uh, and uh this this is life right now. It's the great. Life beautiful. Of, a, of a coach and a dad and uh, and an elder later and tonight. And, yes. Yeah. So anyway, um, everybody, thank you so much. Dennis, thank you. Thank you for watching us. Um, thank you, everybody, for, for joining, um, for interacting. Um, we'd also love any questions. Anything came up t- tonight, uh, this afternoon, um, anything that you've, uh, you've thought through, questions at EFCC.org. We'd love to do our best at answering Send them our way. Time. So, it, you know, maybe a couple of weeks before we're back together again. Um, but uh, but that doesn't mean you can't start sending in questions now. That's right. All right. Blessings, you all. Have a great day, you guys. Take care.